guys welcome back to floral couch conversations i'm emily and i'm Melissa. and we have a very special guest here today i think we say that every time but they're all special they're all well it's not very untrue special. <laughs> makes me feel really special that we you have said our that. friend camille welcome to the floral couch hello thank you <laughs> also known as camelio i feel like you probably yeah. have a lot of nicknames actually i really do chameleonaire that one's oh yeah camille mm, camille one. yeah <laughs> it's just so many things you can do with it mm-hmm <laughs> So we met Camille in college. Mm-hmm. We lived on the same floor. We did. We were like two doors away from each other, I think. Mm-hmm. It seems like so long ago. I know. I was thinking was. about that the other day. We graduated four years ago. So that was eight years ago. Oh my that we gosh. Met. Wild. That's insane. Mm-hmm. So insane. Did you always know you wanted to go to St. Thomas? No. I had actually committed to Madison. Really? And on the last possible day to like revoke that and then commit to St. Thomas, I did. And I don't really, I don't know. There was just like a lot of stuff happening in my life at that point. Mm-hmm. And I decided I wanted to be closer to home. So I decided to go to St. Thomas and I'm very glad I did. Madison's, I mean, it's not far, but it's five and a half, five hours. It's not like easy to just come home for the night and right. like go to a birthday party or something. Right. Like, and my sister was little. She's a lot younger than me. And so I just kind of like felt guilty and sad about leaving when she was 11 and like being gone for four years of her life. It's mm-hmm. kind of formative and we're pretty close. So it felt weird to leave. Yeah. And I'm glad I was around for all that. Yeah. Very cool. And I met good friends. What, <laughs> what other schools did you look at besides St. Thomas and Madison? I applied to St. Thomas, Madison, NDSU, which is where my sister goes now, and Boulder in Colorado. Did you visit all of them too? not boulder and i think after i saw how much tuition was there i was like yeah right not happening (laughs) but my cousin had she's a year older than me so she had just gone there the year before so i felt like oh that'd be fun and i have a you know person i know there or whatever and then ndsu i applied to because i thought i wanted to be an architect and they have a good architecture program so i did tour that one it's really cool but i decided that architecture is not my jam and <laughs> when did you decide that? I did a mentorship my senior year of high school. Thank goodness, because I literally worked at an architecture firm in downtown St. Paul. Like I would go after school and be an architect essentially with no training. And I designed an elementary school and it was horrible. Like I hated <laughs> it. And I'm really bad at math and spatial reasoning. Like my brain just doesn't work that way. So I don't know why I thought I needed to be an architect, but I'm really glad I learned that before I went to college. But you're, like, really artsy, so I could see how, like, that would seem like a good career. Mm-hmm. It's too structured. Yeah. Especially because if you get it wrong, like, places fall down, so. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a lot of, that's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. <laughs> so you majored in psychology at St. Thomas. When did you decide that that was the right path? I think after I decided I didn't want to be an architect, I was like, well, maybe we should swing the other way and think about people rather than numbers and buildings. And so... I had taken a psych class my senior year of high school and a sociology class and kind of liked that social sciences stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I think I declared my major my freshman year and I rolled with it. Yeah. And added, I added a family studies major like halfway through and it didn't take that many more classes because they're so similar. So I actually double majored in psych and family studies. Very cool. Mm Mm-hmm. So halfway through, you decided to add a family studies. Is that when you decided you wanted to go into marriage and family therapy? Yeah. Yeah. And I figured like they offered this. It's actually a real major now, but at the time it was, what did they call that? Interdisciplinary or I can't remember what they called it. It was like build your own major. So I had to get it approved by the powers that be. I don't know. (laughs) And they looked at the classes that I kind of put together and they were comfortable with those kind of being called a family studies major a couple other people before me had done it and now it's a real major because of quite a few people did it that year and a couple years after yeah and then I knew kind of those two things going together would pair well to be marriage and family therapy material yeah kind of groundbreaking when first you did the major before it was a real major yeah (laughs) you're welcome St. Thomas alum (laughs) so you just became a licensed therapist recently I did it was a process tell us about the process So you have to graduate from an accredited university and like do all the stuff that you have to do to graduate, which is a lot of hours and stuff like that, clinical hours. So I did that. And then after graduating, you have to get a job and be working directly with clients and have a supervisor who essentially you meet with once a week and talk about cases 
and they kind of just help you muddle through stuff and it's like having an extra support because you're pretty new to the profession Mm -hmm. so I had to do 4,000 work hours that's just like how many hours I had to be at work logging time whether that was with clients or doing paperwork or whatever and then 1,000 client contact hours 500 of those had to be relational so with couples or families or like kids and their parents and then 200 hours of supervision 100 could be group and the other 100 had to be individual and you have to typically you have to pay for your supervision so it gets kind of expensive and it takes forever wow that is such a process I mean it's good because obviously you need to be qualified and Mm -hmm. such but that's a lot of hours yeah and then you have to like pass the national exam which is written and then the last step is the oral exam which is the worst thing ever because you have to it's like ethics so you sit down in front of the board And they ask you 20 questions related to ethics and they're all like about the laws and statutes and stuff in Minnesota. And then you have to answer them and then they make you leave the room and they conference about whether you passed and then they invite you back in and tell you whether or not you passed. Like, do they ask you what you do in a certain situation or is it like, what does the law say about this? Both. Oh. And so it was weird because you had to be prepared to answer both ways. Like, I have to know the law so I can apply it to a situation. And I also have to just be able to quote it back to them if they ask me what it says or how it functions. To a group of people. Wow, that's mm-hmm. intimidating. It was very scary. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm done. Wow, I didn't know any of that. Uh-uh. I, fun fact, I've been trying to figure out what to do with my life and have been looking at going back to school for marriage and family therapy, <gasps> which I didn't tell you yet. Let's but chat. <laughs> yes, we need to. And I kind of just found out that it's a lot of stuff and it's kind of, and it's intimidating. So it is, but it's fun. At a standstill. So yeah. we'll talk more about that. We'll talk offline. Okay. <laughs> As part of that, you went to grad school too, right? Uh-huh. And you went to grad school out of state. Mm-hmm. And was that primarily driven by wanting to go to a certain school or partially because of your relationship? So it worked out nicely both ways. And I, it's kind of like a, long process of how I ended up even knowing about Auburn so I went to grad school in Auburn Alabama which like I would never have done if it weren't a good school Mm -hmm. um I don't think I'm somebody who's like drawn to Alabama as a state typically right but I kind of went through all of the accredited schools in the country and like nixed them if they were in a state I didn't want to be in or they were really expensive or they didn't I don't know they were some of them were three years and I only wanted to go for two I just kind of had these criteria Mm -hmm. and then the ones that were remaining I did a bunch of research on and Auburn was a really good school and it happened to be two hours from where Richie lived so that helped a lot do you want to tell the Richie story I call it the Richie story because in college I feel like you always told it and I was always like there when you were telling it to Uh the point where I felt like I could tell it so it now is called the Richie story in my brain, <laughs> even though it's really just your life. Oh, I kind of want to hear you tell it now. <laughs> I feel like I could tell it too. <laughs> All right. I'm going to let you two tell oh it my then. Gosh. I don't want to get anything wrong. I, I know. I'll correct you. Wrong. I'll correct okay. you if anything's wrong. Okay. You start. So you guys went to elementary school together mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Correct. He moved away to Georgia with his family. Mm-hmm. He was obsessed with you ever since second grade, mm-hmm. and he eventually reached out to you on some sort of form of social media, I think Facebook. Correct. It was this ninth grade? Mm, ten, end of 10th, I think. Okay, 10th grade. Yeah. And you guys were like dating, essentially. Like you got, first you were a little weirded out, but you got there, and then you guys basically have been in a long distance relationship ever since, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. We were, yeah, that's kind of the bare bones of the thing. He had a big crush on me in second grade. He wrote a note. Which you had framed at your wedding, which is so cute. Yeah. He had been telling me about the note since like he first messaged me on Facebook. And I was like, whatever, I don't remember this at all. Like I had no memory of him or the crush he had on me at all. And he told me a lot of stories about us in second grade. And I was like, wow, this guy remembers me a lot. I don't know who he is. And the note was one of them. So it was just kind of like him. so did you have the note yeah but I didn't know I had it because I didn't even know he existed and then a couple years into our relationship I was in Georgia visiting him and when I got back my mom was like you will never guess what I found I was going through a scrapbook of your old stuff from elementary school and I found the note he wrote you like that he's been talking about for years and now we have it and it was like framed at our wedding and now it's at our house framed and yeah. Okay. That's crazy because if you don't remember that, you easily could have just like thrown it away right. or yeah. like not 
So well, and the way he tells the story, he put it under my school box for me to find. And this girl that we went to school with that he still is like pissed at, <laughs> Layla, she saw him do it. And so she took it and gave it to the teacher who then read it out loud to the class and totally mortified him. And then he has some memory of me, like the teacher giving it to me or something. And I crumpled it up and threw it away. So that's oh. how he's always told the story. And then it was in a scrapbook at my parents' house. And it does look like it's been crumpled. So I don't know if Miss Winters like took it out of the trash and gave it to my parents at conferences because she thought it was cute or what. But oh my somehow gosh. it like wound up in my parents' attic. <laughs> it's Can we go back to Miss Winters and be like, do you remember this? Yeah. I actually, so I knew a woman, a teacher from elementary school, just kind of, we stayed in contact and she added me on Facebook and she was like, just talking to me about my life and I kind of told her about Richie and she said Miss Winters would love to hear that story you should email her so I did and she she was like oh my gosh anytime you guys want to come down and say hi to me at school like she still works there and oh my gosh yeah that's such a cute story have you thought about uh selling it to Hallmark no it's a great (laughs) idea (laughs) it is it would make a good like you can't script that I feel like like what are the odds I don't know that's a good idea maybe Make a little money off our serendipitous relationship. Right. <laughs> Christmas movie. I can see it. It doesn't have to do with Christmas, but it can swing a little. It could be yeah. a Christmas movie. <laughs> They're all kind of cheesy like that. Yeah. So you guys were down in Georgia slash Alabama for a while. What made you decide to come back? Did you always have the idea of coming mm. back? I That was like an issue in our relationship for a long time. Like I always wanted to live in Minnesota. He always wanted to live in Georgia. Even before I moved to Alabama for grad school, that was kind of like a, we're going to be together. We know we're going to be together, but where? And it was always kind of an issue and an argument. So when I went to Alabama, I knew I had two years of grad school to get through. So we didn't have to make any decisions yet. And his parents had been living in Georgia since he was 10 His mom got a job back in Minnesota the spring of my last year of grad school, and I was going to graduate in August. So they moved up here, sold his family home. Like, it was kind of really weird timing. And after his family moved here, we started having a lot of conversations about, like, okay, what does this mean? I'm about to graduate. We could stay down here, but both of our families live in Minnesota now. And he still wanted to stay. He had a lot of good friends there, and it meant a lot to him to be in the South. And then for my birthday one year, he or that year, he like wood burned on a piece of wood, uh, the state of Minnesota. And he said, it said home sweet Minnesota, I think on it. That's so and cute. That was his birthday present to me was like, we can go back. And so we decided to go come back. I didn't know that. That's yeah. adorable. It's in our house. It's on a shelf in our living room. So yeah. next time you come over, you can check Although, it out. Yeah. It's really cute. Yeah. I probably saw it and didn't think like it had that big of meaning. Yeah. It kind of just looks like a, like a decoration. A decoration. Yeah. 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 What was it like to be in a long distance relationship for all those years? It was hard. We got used to it, uh, obviously, because it was a long time, but it was really hard. I mean, in college, like, I don't know, we'd be going out and having fun and doing stuff. And I always kind of remember thinking like, this would be nice if Richie were here. And sometimes it would cause arguments. He was in a frat and he'd be out partying and I'd be out like with my friends and we'd be doing stuff. And it was just kind of like, that's a weird dynamic being that far away from each other and especially at first when I didn't know his friends and he didn't know my new friends. It got a lot better, I think, over time. He came up to St. Thomas a few times and we like snuck him into our (laughs) all-girls dorm where he wasn't supposed to be. I remember it was like strategic planning. It was very strategic. There were a lot of us involved in like distracting the RAs and stuff because otherwise he would have had to like stay at my parents' house while I stayed at school. I guess I could have stayed at my parents too, but... I wanted him to like hang out at college and meet my friends and stuff. So yeah, that was a thing. So it was hard. I kind of forget how hard because it's just easier now. Mm-hmm. We're like married and we live together. and I just forget that it was kind of a hiccup for a long time. Was it hard to adjust to being close or nearby each other after all those years? I thought of it being would apart? be, but it wasn't. I remember the first time I drove to his house from... Auburn I like drove over there to go hang out with him a two-hour drive and I like pulled up in my car in front of his house and I was like I've never done this before like I've been his girlfriend for almost six years and I've never driven up to his house to hang out with him and it just felt really cool and after that I just think it kind of fell into place and Mm -hmm. we would see each other every other weekend kind of while he was in Georgia which to a lot of people still feels long distance but we were like this is great 
And then <laughs> my second year, he moved to Auburn and we lived together. And I thought that was going to be hard too, but it really wasn't. I don't know. We just kind of made it work. Mm-hmm. It was almost kind of gradual. Like you went from like seeing each other months apart and then it was every other weekend yeah. and then living together. So yeah, that was really mm-hmm. nice. I think the one thing I've talked about like with my friends from grad school who kind of witnessed that transition was that more than most couples, we wanted to do everything together. Like if he, if I was going out with my friends or we were going to go do this, I always felt like I wanted him to tag along, even if it wasn't like bring your significant other kind of event. And I think it's because we previously, whenever we were together, it was like, we have to make the most of every minute that we have. And then that kind of just translated. And I still noticed that happening. Even like we don't, we never go to bed at different times. Like we always go to bed at the same time because it's weird if one of us stays up and does something else without the other person. Mm-hmm. And it gets a little like, I don't know, I love him, but a little exhausting. And I think we're getting to the point now where we're kind of differentiating. Like we don't have to spend every minute tied to each other. But I think that's been the one thing that took some time to transition into. Yeah, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Jinx again. <laughs> okay, so you guys, you and Richie just got married last July. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about wedding planning? Mm mixed feelings I'm such a planner like I love being ahead of the game and planning things I love that but it's so stressful I think if there if money wasn't an object it wouldn't have been stressful but every part of it that was stressful for me was like here's the things I would like to have and here's the reality because money is the thing that happens so yeah without that I think it would have been so much more fun (laughs) do you agree Emily to an extent I hated every moment of wedding planning. Did like you? there were certain fun things, but like I hated getting my dress. I hated having to like pick things out and make decisions. But it was I was torn between being a perfectionist and wanting everything to be perfect and like how I wanted it, but then also like really not caring at all. Mm-hmm. And so and like not wanting to do the work. So I was really glad when it was over. It was just the highest stress period. Did you have a lot of help? I did. I had a lot of help from my mom. Um, I like don't think I would have been able to do it without her because mm-hmm. towards the end, I was just like, I don't care. You make the decisions. <laughs> and she ran with it. So yeah. I remember getting to that point, too, where yeah. it's like, I just can't care anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there have been too many details to care about. And we were so on edge, like, because I think we were both really anxious about, like, this big event that was looming over, which is why I was glad we didn't wait another, like, half a year to get married because we couldn't decide whether we wanted to do, like, summer or next spring. Mm. And so it was just this big event looming, and we were both, like, super anxious about it and making sure it was going to be good, and which caused, like, bites over stupid stuff. And after it was over, we were just like, oh breath of fresh air Mm -hmm. did you feel anxious before you actually like walked down the aisle were you nervous at all about the actual event of like standing in front of people to get married a little bit but at that point I was just like it's all done it's all planned like the only thing I have to do is walk down this aisle and then we're married and I can just have fun Uh so so not really I don't remember feeling like anxious about standing in front of people did you yes I don't think I've ever been more anxious in my life than the like 20 minutes of downtime before I had to actually like walk down the aisle like I was pacing in the bridal suite like all my friends and my mom and the flower girl's dad who like happened to be back there my cousin they were like you need to sit down like I was just so anxious and I think it's because it's such a vulnerable moment and like we wrote and said our own vows and stuff Mm -hmm. and for some reason just like the emotion behind all of that in front of 150 people felt really overwhelming to me and as soon as that part was over like it was fine but I was so anxious about that and I'm not that scared of public speaking but it was just like being in front of all these people that scared me yeah. well and you're like divulging your heart like right. yeah <laughs> like i think that's added element of you're not just yeah. speaking yeah i'm not talking about like some speech from seventh grade like, right I'm saying my deepest feelings right i really like that that you guys did that and i remember thinking like wow that's amazing that they wrote their own vows and like didn't say them to each other before like it was just mm-hmm. a surprise for both of you and you both did such a great job but we decided like even talking about how you guys did that, we decided that 
that just was not going to work for either of us because we would get too nervous and forget what to say and it would be awkward. So like we wrote our vows together beforehand and then like gave them to the pastor. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that works too. So it's kind of a combination, Mm -hmm. but so maybe that's why I was less nervous too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've just never been that anxious before. It was crazy. Were you sad when it was all over? No, not really. Uh, I remember thinking I will likely never have all these people that I love and care about in the mm-hmm. same place ever again. And that was a little bit like, wow. That's kind of a sad thought. Yeah, I've never yeah. thought about it like that. Because I remember feeling really overwhelmed with just like gratitude and just joy with all of these. Like literally everybody I love and care about was in the same room mm-hmm. all at the same time, like dancing and drinking and having fun and being there for us and I thought that was so cool and I was like this is never happening again so on our way we like just went to Duluth for a little mini moon and on our way there we were like maybe every year we should do a like a wedding anniversary party and just get everybody to come back and I was like no that's never gonna happen (laughs) you could try you could do like a 10 year or like a five year (laughs) every few years yeah Yeah. it's good yeah how soon did people start asking you when you're gonna have kids oh they've been asking since before we were even married because we've been together so long it's yeah just, mm-hmm. yeah forever does and that bother you i don't mind telling them like it'll be a while it mm-hmm. only bothers me when it's his parents because they desperately want grandkids and like i kind of feel like they aren't respecting the fact that we are choosing to wait a while so I just kind of feel like the sense of pressure from them, but it doesn't matter. I'm not going to change my plans. Right. But <laughs> It'll happen eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I bring this up because I went to the doctor a couple of days ago and um, I was like chatting with the nurse and told her that I just got married in August and we were talking about weddings and stuff. And then at the end she was leaving and she's like, congratulations again. And hopefully next time we see you, it'll be for some OB appointments. And I like, without even thinking, just brought it out. Oh my God, I hope not. (laughs) And she was like, Oh, Oh, maybe not. Okay. Bye. And I just like, I'm obviously not offended by that, but I just think it's interesting how people assume that, okay, just because you got married, it's like, I really want to have kids now. Right. Like, or at all. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. we do want kids, but what if we didn't? And every time someone asked us that, we had to be like, that's actually a choice we're making not to have Right. Kids, There's you know? plenty yeah. of people who are married and don't have kids. I always think, too, like, what if you know you can't? Mm-hmm. Like, that, like, that's got to, yeah, if you're someone that gets mm-hmm. asked that and you know you can't, like, that's got to just, like, feel horrible. Yeah, open like, the wound if it's a right. painful experience for you every single time. I know. I don't think it's a fair assumption, but we are, I mean, fortunate because we do want kids someday. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't feel the need to tell people that we're going to get on it right now. Yeah. One time, I don't think his parents are going to listen to this, so I'll tell this story. <laughs> but one time his dad asked me if we're like doing anything to keep it from happening. Like essentially, like, do we use any type of contraceptive? And I was like, I don't feel like I need to tell you this, but I was like, I mean, yeah. And he goes, is there any chance that it won't work or there'll be like a mistake? And I was like, I hope not. Like it just You're felt- like, um, 0.09%. Do you want to see my prescription? Like, (laughs) I just felt like that was so. I know he was just joking, and like, his parents are from Ecuador, so his dad has like a little bit of cultural, like, it's just a little different, maybe, but I was just kind of like, wow, interesting choice. That's a little intrusive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we've been pretty open about like okay it's gonna be like at least five years before Mm -hmm. we start thinking about that I've been saying five to seven years and I joke that as each year passes I'm still gonna keep saying five (laughs) to seven years but we've been doing that too we keep saying five yeah and we've been saying five for two years now I think um so okay that makes me feel better (laughs) but it's to the point where people like if they do say something about having kids then they like are afraid that they're gonna offend us it's like in in five years in five years mm-hmm. it's like okay no it doesn't like we can talk about it yeah <laughs> that's funny so so speaking of having kids or not having kids you and Richie recently got a dog how did you decide to do that 
we've been saying it for a long time that we want a dog yeah and actually it was in richie's vows he said something like i don't know this i'm gonna butcher this but something like i can't wait to continue to share my life with you and eventually our dogs and children or some little ones or something like that and so for we got clark our puppy in February so from July to February I was bugging him about getting a dog and I kept saying you promised in your vows <laughs> and eventually he gave in and so yeah we have Clark he is our nightmare of a puppy he is a bl- black lab yeah mix. probably like a black lab German shepherd okay. we don't really know was He's, he a rescue yeah yeah he was on the reservation in Hmm, Brainerd or Bemidji I always get those two confused I don't know up there (laughs) and he was with a litter of other puppies and we got him when he was eight weeks old so he was really young and he had been found several weeks before that because they'd had him for a while he'd been in foster care they'd fixed him like he had been through the ringer already and he was only eight weeks so they must have found him when he was just like a newborn little dude tiny pup yeah what's it like to have a dog in an apartment do you guys feel cramped I don't feel cramped, but it sucks because every time he needs to go to the bathroom, someone has to put on their shoes and their coat and put them on a leash and walk him outside. Yesterday, I said to Richie, I don't care if we have 20%, I'm buying a house in the summer because I'm so sick of walking him. We we walk him like five times a day, probably. Maybe more. Depends on the day. And he goes to the dog park every day and it'll just be nice to open the back door and be like, go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Go do what you need to do. So, yeah, I don't really feel cramped. Our apartment's decent size, but... I guess it'd be nice if we could like throw the ball around sometimes. Yeah. It wasn't like have a yard. 13 feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. How do you decide on the name Clark? Um, I really like funny old man names for dogs. So I've had like a list of funny old man names on my phone for a long time. And we just kind of whittled them down for like a week or two before we even got him. And then we actually got him and had, we were going between Clark and Linus and we decided on Clark I don't remember why <laughs> Linus <laughs> Linus I love that it's funny because that's Clark is my dad's middle name uh-huh. and it's kind of an important family name like I have two cousins named Clark too uh-huh. and I thought like oh maybe I would name a boy Clark because I do like that name but now I probably won't <laughs> sorry <laughs> not because it's your dog's it. name but like it's kind of all over the place in my family anyway <laughs> yeah yeah I really like it it's actually like I had more actually I probably still have the list I had more like embarrassing type old man names and that one was a little more mild like I had Clyde and Nigel Virgil Wallace like just really <laughs> Wallace that's cute that would be really like, cute I feel like you have to have a really old dog yeah like. get like an old old dog from the shelter or something <laughs> yeah so I had like funny old old names and then I think we were just kind of like that feels like too much so we went on something a little more neutral yeah can we talk about names for a second because in college you had a job related to names right yes I was well it wasn't really a job I was like an unpaid intern for a naming website called Nameberry okay and did you were you interested in like names before you got that job or did that kind of pique your interest no like since I was eight I've been like obsessed (laughs) with baby names I was in the grocery aisle with my mom once and there was a baby naming book and I said can I get this and she was like why and I said I don't know it's cool and she said okay so I bought it and I still have it and it's like dog-eared and highlighted (laughs) and written all over and I've literally that's it was actually written by the authors or the the authors are the founders of Nameberry oh they're like naming gurus in uh, I did that they're like the only people probably who actually do that but yeah they're like they write the most popular naming books and they have this really big website for helping people name their babies very cool Mm -hmm. so is it like a self-help book kind of like it gives you a guide and how to pick a name it's more just like lists and a lot of baby naming books are just every name that they could think of from a to z Mm -hmm. and this one's more interesting because it kind of divvies it up by like culture so it'll be like irish names and um Chinese names and stuff like that and then it also talks about this is the part I like it'll be like nature names or word names or surnames as first names and it gives you kind of lists or cool names or hipster names or classic names and so I kind of like looking at it that way and divvying up and kind of thinking them and thinking of names in like groups that way 
I think about names all the time. Do you have your kids' names picked out? I have lots of names, and I bring them up to Richie all the time, and most of the time he says that's stupid. <laughs> but we don't really have the same taste. But I keep a list, again, like the dog names, baby names on my phone, and every time I see one that I like, I add it. So it's exhaustive. But So I read an article this morning about the top 10 male and female dog names. Do you want to guess what number one is? I bet it's like Max or Maggie. I bet those are up there. At Maggie least. is. We had a dog named Maggie. It's a pretty popular name. Max is the first dog name, so you nailed that. Nice. Maggie's on the list, but it's number nine. Oh, okay. So Girl female. Names. Um, is Jesse on there? No. Um, Lucy. Yes, that's number two. Okay. Fido, for a man. For a man. <laughs> a man dog. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Why is that a dot like a go to dog name? I don't know. Like I a think cartoon it's like from dog. Cartoons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um number one. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Bella? Oh. Oh. Yeah, I could see I that. I think that's almost a number one name for a child. Human yeah. too. Isabella's way up there. Mm-hmm. I also looked up those if you want to. My mom actually just texted me this week and said, Do you know the top girl and boy names for 2018 and I got them wrong but I do know them now is Jack- okay. Jackson's the number one for a boy right and Sophia for a girl yeah mm-hmm. I was reading though there's like trends in them so like Fortnite names are really popular oh my gosh what and then um like zen names so a lot of people are naming their kids like peace oh. and different oh. things and then okay. Jenner's like the Jenner names so Kylie like Kendall well and like North and like all their oh. like the next generation or like Stormy so I'm like pissed because I've really loved the name North for a boy as a middle name oh. because we live in Minnesota and I've always kind of grown up going up North mm-hmm. and I thought it was just kind of like a more naturey, just kind of like put, look North, whatever. I've always liked that. And then freaking Kim. Kim named her baby North and ruined it. And so now I feel like I can't use it. Because they're going to assume it's because of yes. Kim Kardashian. And it's a girl, so it's, like, different. And I think the image that they have with North is much different than how I would have used yeah. well, like Because of that, I think you could do it. Like, I – that wouldn't be my – like, if you had a boy, baby boy and named it whatever, middle name North, I probably would not think of Kim Kardashian. But I also am not a person who follows the Kardashians or mm-hmm. thinks about them in daily life, so. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. I'll keep it on my list. It's still there. It's and on my phone. It, yeah. even if, I mean, it's going to be a few years, so. True. Maybe they'll be. Let right. die down. Yeah. yeah. It won't be as trendy. True. They'll come up with another name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be, they'll have kids by then. <laughs> North will have a baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> In five to seven years. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I have names picked out too, but I'm, I used to tell people, but now I'm like, nope, not going to tell, tell anyone. I have a list of names like if I like a name in a book or something mm-hmm. I'll write it down and like I have a note but I don't like I'm not even sort of in that yeah. spot in my life so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> no, I've, I mean, I've always done that like just kept random lists of mm-hmm. names again since I was eight and like certainly then I wasn't thinking about having kids but I I don't know I just like it I have friends Richie and I have friends that are having twins and they're their first children and as soon as I found out I was like Hmm. Well, what will they name their babies? Because <laughs> twins are fun to name. Yeah. Yeah. If you had twins, would you name them the same letter? Like start with the same letter? I don't think so. I would consider it, but I, like, I'm really, this sounds crazy, but I'm kind of with siblings. I want them to sound at least similar. I have some kind of like similarity. So I'm not going to name one kid like something really long, like, Gabriella and then the other one like a one syllable name that just feels mm-hmm. weird to me and especially if I had twins so even if they didn't start with the same letter they'd both be like five letters long yeah. or both have like a long I sound in them just so that mm-hmm. they were kind of yeah I don't think that's weird I thought about that too the name the three I have three first names picked out and three middle names and they're all like all the first names are one syllable then there's one that's two syllables so okay. I've like said them all together and like yep that sounds good. Yeah. In the naming world on Nameberry, they call that sib sets. So like people want their sib sets to be kind of like homogenous, like mm-hmm. just kind of similar enough that it doesn't sound weird. Yeah. And I feel strongly about that. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Speaking of names, so I solicited your expertise for to make some calligraphy names mm-hmm. for some cups. How did, did you self-teach yourself calligraphy? Like you're really artsy. What is your, is this all self-taught? I, I don't know. I think so. I think I, 
I've always liked handwriting and just like I've always liked art but I think more so I like writing and I like my writing to look nice or whatever and so like I even remember in middle school my friends and I would write words that we liked and thought looked good aesthetically with like the side of a marker and then the tip of the marker and like compare them and stuff so Mm -hmm. I kind of think I've always had this like leaning toward that and then as soon as I think calligraphy or like that kind of script stuff started getting popular I was like oh that's pretty and so I kind of created I don't know my own font but it's pretty similar to everybody else's who does calligraphy and just started learning how to do that I did watch a couple videos of people doing it on Instagram to learn different techniques like how to hold the pen or Mm -hmm. how it works with different pens Uh, now I've just kind of like developed my own strategies I'd say that work for me do you have a, an Etsy site or anything where people can request? No. More often than not, people just like will text me. I have a cousin who actually I just made something for last night um, for his mother-in-law. And yeah, I've, I used to kind of keep up my Instagram, my other like art Instagram mm-hmm. or whatever. I just have not done that lately. I feel like I'm really busy. And yeah. I used to like try to take pictures of things I made and post them on there. But I have forgotten. <laughs> it's hard. It is too much. If anyone cares, that art Instagram is onward and upward, and the both words are W O R D, not W A R D. We'll link it in the show notes too. Yes, yeah. It's <laughs> last post is probably from like 2017, but <laughs> check it out. So, Camille, you've also been a vegetarian since I've known you, right? Yeah. How long have you been a vegetarian? Since I was 12. Can you talk about that decision? Yeah. So my mom is a vegetarian and has been since she was. 16 I think so her whole life basically so I grew up with my mom who didn't eat meat and my dad who did and kind of just depending on who was cooking we would have meat for dinner or we wouldn't more often than not my mom cooked so I kind of grew up with that mentality wasn't super reliant on meat in my diet because a lot of the time we didn't have it and um, she never pushed it on me but she certainly like we had dialogues about what it meant to her and why she made that decision and I think at 12 I was just kind of in this space where I was like thinking about things for myself rather than just doing what my friends did or what other people Mm -hmm. did and realized it was a value I held so whenever people ask me like why I made that choice I usually just kind of hit all the bases it's like health and the impact on the environment and also just um kind of the way we raise and manufacture animals and meat I don't really typically agree with unless it's like free range or cage free and stuff like that so I still eat eggs and cheese and all that I'm not vegan and I don't eat fish a lot of people ask me that but I don't really like seafood so I don't really I don't eat any of that yeah yeah you're like the longest standing is that a word is that a weird way to put it you're like the person I know that's been a vegetarian the longest yeah it's very cool that you've like made that decision and stuck Yeah, somebody, I just started a new job recently and this guy in the break room asked me if I was a vegetarian just based on what I was eating and I told him yes and then he started asking me some questions and I ended up saying that I became a vegetarian when I was 12 and he said, oh, so it's not just one of those like millennial trendy things and I was like, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of a life decision How old was this guy? Uh, Maybe in his 30s. Okay. Yeah. So he was like kind of joking. Kind of. I don't know. I can't tell. I don't know him well enough. Okay. Do you and Richie cook dinner together? Sometimes. We kind of try to switch off. We cook, uh, people think we're crazy, but I try to cook like a huge meal on Sundays and then we just eat it all week. Yeah, a lot of people do that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I do that for lunches. Yeah, people are like, how do you eat the same thing Mm -hmm. five days in a row? But I just, I hate cooking every night when I get home. So if I'm doing that, I will, yeah, make something huge. And we just make things without meat. Like I think Richie's cooked meat in our apartment twice and we lived there three years now, so... He just kind of goes along with it. And then when we go out, he'll eat whatever he wants. Or if we're at somebody else's house, he eats meat. But he's a homebody vegetarian. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah. So the other thing I really wanted to ask you about (laughs) is I think we had a similar New Year's resolution. And mine was to read 50 books this year. And I'm failing miserably. And yours is to read a book a week, right? Mm -hmm. How are you doing on that? I'm on track. Are you? That's so impressive. Yeah, I've certainly had weeks where I got off like it took me too long to read a book I was really busy or something and then I would just kind of force myself to pick shorter books for the next couple weeks and like plow through them really quick Mm -hmm. to get back on track so yeah I think what is today the eighth so what do we have three or four weeks left in the year 
and I yeah I'm on track and we're gonna go on vacation over Christmas we're going with Richie's family to Mexico which I'm super excited about and so I'm gonna bring like three books and get through those that'll be super fun so nice I know I'm really excited where are you going in Mexico Cancun (gasps) yeah (laughs) his mom picked this resort that's been open since like the first of November like it's brand new which would be really awesome because the thing his dad said which I think is so funny is um not many people have slept in the beds before us which is fair because like (laughs) hotel beds are kind of gross but I was reading reviews and people are like they don't know what they're doing yet and the wait staff is so confused yeah that's what I thought yeah like like, working at the kinks uh uh-huh yeah so we'll see yeah they got a good deal (laughs) it'll be good yeah Yeah. it's Mexico (laughs) what have what are your top favorite books that you've read so far this year um I read The Night Circus which I loved um Dark Matter by Blake Crouch was really good I've heard good things about that yeah that one's kind of popular this year um lots of people are reading that um what was it called Good Girls I think by Karen Slaughter I think that's what it was called and she also wrote Pretty Girls but I thought I don't think it was called Good Girls it was like really disturbing it was one of those just kind of like mystery books where you're trying to figure out what happened yeah but it was about kind of awful things that happened to some young girls so it was kind of hard to read but the way she wrote it it was a page turner I cannot remember was it called good girls you'll check in for me I'm gonna look up Karen's ladder okay (laughs) so that one was really good I read that on a recommendation of a friend I read less last week which is on like the bestsellers and won a Pulitzer Prize but I did not like it that much it was kind of boring what's that about this man who was he's gay and he was dating somebody who then broke up with him and then he found out that that man was getting married and he wanted to avoid being around the wedding because he was really disappointed so he decided to travel the world but like nothing happened in the places he went it would be like he lost his suit and like he stepped on a sewing needle and like it was just like boring things (laughs) like there was just no plot or like outcome that we were trying to get to yeah so it's just about like and then he got on a plane and he went to Morocco and a dog stole his suit and it was just I don't know I was kind of bored yeah I think I probably missed some deeper meaning I was just not that invested (laughs) I think the writing was really good the plot just didn't hold me yeah yeah how about you what have you read that was good uh, I've talked about it a bit before, but my favorite so far has been Educated. It was a memoir. I keep getting recommended to read that, and I pretty much only get my books from the library because I'm mm. cheap, and it's always gone. Yeah, it's like the, it's been very, it's very trendy right now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm also reading The Hate You Give right mm. now, which is like YA, but I keep seeing, I've like avoided buying it like five times at like Barnes and Noble, and I finally just like broke down about it. So. Mm-hmm. Is it good? It's good so far, yeah. Okay. It's about um, a young girl that witnesses like a police shooting. Mm. Um, so it's just about the process. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm only like halfway through, so. But yeah, I'll check that one out. <clears throat> was the Karen Slaughter book called The Good Daughter? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was called. I feel like I've seen that. I, the cover of the book looked familiar, but do it, you, have you read other books by her? Just Pretty Girls, which was good, but not as good as The Good Daughter. That okay. one was really captivating but disturbing so right I feel like I read a lot of like books that are like that Mm -hmm. that are disturbing but like they keep my interest yeah there (laughs) were a couple times I had to put it down because I was like oof that's hard to read but yeah also it made me interested yeah do you know what your new year's resolution is going to be for next year no I've been thinking about it actually I um do you guys know what bullet journaling is yeah yep I do not inform me it's like a weighted journal where it's like a planner kind of, but you're writing out every week. Like you're making the format. You're not buying a planner that's already mm. filled in. And then you can also have other things you're tracking, like the books you've read or goals for the year or like exercise or um, water intake. Mm-hmm. And I kind of have a list of things I want to be tracking. So it's a way to just kind of externalize things that maybe up in your brain all the time, all in one place instead of oh. having like five different notebooks. And a lot, they don't have to be, but a lot of people like make them artsy and pretty and fun, which is stuff I like doing. So that is my new year's resolution is, it? is to start bullet journaling. Yep. I, I bought one mm-hmm. and I started like making my layout for January because it's really time consuming. And so I have my January done. There's nothing written in it, but it's done. And I'm going to start doing some pages in the back with like tracking other stuff. So cool. We're on 
I had your New Year's resolution this year, Alyssa, and next year. <laughs> I, I love journaling and having a notebook and like buying pens and stuff, but I don't really like to spend a lot of time like setting it up. And so I think mine will be a little bit more haphazard, but mm-hmm. I, I just want to do it because mm-hmm. just to stick with something. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's so many really cool things that you can write about or track or mm-hmm. whatever. So I think it's fun. Yeah. Very cool. Do you have a new year's resolution picked out? I don't. I'm, I'm undecided. I don't know. Any that you're noodling over? I'm, <laughs> <laughs> interesting choice of word there <laughs> i mean i really like the reading one because i've definitely even though i'm not gonna probably make 50 books i've definitely read more books than i have like in other years so yeah. maybe doing another a similar goal to, goal to that but that feels kind of like a cop-out since it was this year's resolution so we'll see you always have a, a very strict resolution that you try to stick to though like there was one year where you didn't eat desserts and I remember being like wow you did that the whole year yeah I've done desserts pop, pop. And, and chocolate but for like ye- a ye- whole year but so I, much willpower could yeah. you, did you do it yeah oh my god um, so my birthday was December 2nd today is December 8th and I decided after my birthday I wasn't going to eat desserts and sweets and I wasn't going to drink anything until we go to Mexico it's I have already cheated like three times and it's six days in. Like <laughs> I am impressed with you. I have I, not drank anything, but I have eaten sweets. I mean, I would say what I considered desserts was liberal because I still ate like cereal that was sugary. Oh, for sure. That's And like I would have some Pop-Tart. I would have a Pop-Tart maybe for breakfast. So I feel like that's kind of how I got my sweet craving sure. in. But as far as like cakes and candies yeah. and stuff, I did not. But yeah. So I haven't, I, yeah, maybe I'll do something like that. I haven't given up something for a year in a while, so. Nice. Yeah, that takes a lot of willpower. We'll see. I've never really been a strict resolution person, like started something on January 1st. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm I usually like either until this book thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm usually like, I just want to be happier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Healthier and happier. Yeah. Right. Totally. Okay, Camille. Well, I'm sure you heard, knew this question was coming. <laughs> We ask all of our guests, if you had a reality show about your life, what would it be called and why? Alyssa already eased us into this conversation earlier by talking about naming. I decided in the shower yesterday while I was thinking about this (laughs) that I would call it Let Me Name Your Baby. And I, I like that. The Ooh. premise would be people would come to me and they would give me some criteria. They would say like, you know, we want to incorporate something to have to do with the baby's grandma and here's when the baby's grandma was born and her name and her birthstone or whatever. And these are the kinds of names we like and it's a girl. And then the day the baby's born, they just like hand the kid to me and I look at it and I pick a name and I write it on the birth certificate and they don't get to do anything about it like that is the kid's name i could see that being like a bravo show yeah Yeah. like for real i love that and then they just have to deal with it if they hate it it's like well we went on this show so that's the repercussion i mean they can always change it legally later but yeah that's or they have to like keep it for a certain amount of days or something yeah Yeah. see if they can like get used to it it's almost like married at first sight yeah right where they can get divorced Mm -hmm. but yet they have to retain it for a while Mm -hmm. yeah you'd be the expert in the situation yes very cool. I like it. I don't think I'd ever go on that show if I weren't the namer, but <laughs> it's no. a fun premise. Yeah, you'd have to have some sort of incentive. Although, did you guys see there was an article that I think it was KFC was offering people a bunch of money to name their kids. What is the KFC guy's name? Colonel no, Sanders. Sanders. <sighs> Maybe I'm confused. Reba dresses. Does he Colonel have a first Sanders. name? I don't That's know. It's a great commercial. <laughs> Wait, does he have a first name? I don't know. Okay, maybe I'm confused, but there was some company. There was some company that maybe it was Colonel. I don't know. I'll have to. Someone will fact check me, but they were like offering a sum of money for people to name their kid after this. I don't like like that advertising thing, and people did it. They did. That's the thing. So if it's a reality show, they'd probably they're probably getting paid to be on this reality show. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I could see them being like, eh. Sure, call my kid whatever yeah, like, you want. Yeah, we can always like, change it later. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys see the article about the little girl who was, her name was made fun of on like a Southwest flight? ABCDE. Oh, yes. Absidy. Absidy. Mm-hmm. I, oh, my eyes rolled so far into the back of my brain. But someone was like talking about how they 
the mom thought that Southwest would get a lot of flack, but the mom's getting a lot of flack. But I don't know if, like, I was a Southwest person. Like, could I, I don't think I could, like, say that with a straight face. Like, like, it feels like a typo. Like, right. And I don't, I mean, maybe, maybe I wouldn't make fun of the kid's name in front of the kid. Right. But I certainly later would be like, did anyone see that ticket that said ABC? Right. Like, Like, how, and uh, I don't know. I read a lot of comments on, like, the Facebook article and they're actually really funny. And somebody was like, I mean, honestly, like, what is she going to face when she gets to school? Well, that well, poor kid, yeah. You have to say your name so many times, mm-hmm. when you're, whether you're, like, checking in at a hotel or checking in anywhere. You have to say your name, and you have to explain that mm-hmm. every single time she tells someone her name Right, when she the says it's absidy and they yeah. say, how do you spell it? She's going to say A-B-C-D-E, and then, oh, what a nightmare. And I, my last name is Ewan, but people usually, if you say that, you think it starts with a U Mm -hmm. and so whenever I say it I spell it out so that people know how to type it because I mean they're probably looking it up somewhere and my dad gets really annoyed and doesn't like to do that so he used to say that our last name was Flint whenever we would go somewhere like (laughs) like make a reservation at a restaurant so funny um and even that is annoying but it's like just a little thing and it's like yeah. pretty normal last name like but. I almost feel like she's just gonna end up going by a nickname like maybe she'll be Abby or something yeah and then just never ever go by her full name yeah. and just be Abby or change her name that's what I would do yeah that poor kid I know maybe it'll make her really like a really strong and one day it will be yeah she'll be really maybe we'll see it on great. the um, naming list in yeah. the next couple yeah. of years yeah it's just gonna we'll like check sweep back the in. nation <laughs> <laughs> it's just not even english like yeah no and it's not cute like even the way it sounds isn't like oh yeah city i like that it just sounds like a gym or i like i always feel like you're about to say abstinence well it's not even like <laughs> obesity some or names something. are <laughs> some names are hard to say for us because like we live in the u.s and mm-hmm. everything's pretty like normal like and people try to be like fit within the standards of whatever but and i can understand like if something's like from a different language or like from a different country, like it might sound weird to us, but that is just like you put the first four letters of the alphabet together and thought yeah. it was funny. Like, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. So we are, it's a consensus. We're not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> not <No>. a fan. <laughs> Thumbs down. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the Floral Couch Conversations. Happy to be here. We hope you come back and visit again. Anytime. Yeah. Next year when the new names come out. New names, we'll be back and we'll be talking about your house and yes, new names. We have these new special Floral Couch Conversations magnets. <gasps> yeah, you're the first recipient. Wow. We need more magnets on my fridge. This is great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so, tell your friends. Yes. I will. <laughs> and thanks, everyone, for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Floral Couch Conversations and Facebook. If you have any questions, you need advice on something, or you just want to get some answers, email us, floralcouchconversations at gmail.com. Let us know, too, if you have any episode ideas. Um, We're happy to accommodate. And if you're liking what you're hearing, tell your friends and feel free to leave us, hopefully, a five-star review, but however many stars you feel like we deserve. Um, You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud. Basically, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys.